This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Property Solopreneur. And we're talking this week about upgrading our skills, which should be essential and fun, because we enjoy doing property and we enjoy being solopreneurs. So we should, in theory, enjoy going on a course to learn how to do it better or in a different way. And I'm talking about niche courses this week, you know, those small agenda in-depth learnings that give you those little tiny nuggets that you can pop straight into your business and get going. Not those huge, long 12 months ones, step by step, where, you know, it's going to take a long time for you to get everything together. And nor, nor am I talking about those sort of weekends, you know, the ones of firewalking and things like that with US mogul mentors. I'm assuming you're past the point of having to have your inner potential pointed out to you. So no firewalking, none of that sort of stuff. This is nuts and bolts courses to teach you how to do something small and niche in your business that's really going to make a difference. And we've got to decide which one will benefit us and how we can best get the most out of it. Because attending isn't all of it. We've got things to do. So first of all, we've got to decide, you know, is it on a subject that we want and we need? Because the funny thing is about social media particularly, is that if you Google or you just happen to like or scroll through a subject on, you know, any kind of course. Funnily enough, your feed will suddenly be absolutely swamped with it. And it may be full of people you've never heard of. It may be from slight nuances you hadn't thought of. Do you know, all of those could be ripe for you, but you've just got to sort the wheat from the chaff. And funnily enough, the second thing is, is it a real course? Or is it just a sales funnel to get you onto a higher pay point course? And I think it's worth pointing that one out first, because not everyone has been to one of these, don't realise just how amazingly clever they are. These are designed by marketing people. And you may find it's a two day, one day, maybe a weekend. And they have lots of really interesting speakers. It's a very low price point or possibly free. But each of those speakers will be selling at high ticket end course. And you can come away feeling that you're slightly used or you can come away having bought something you really didn't want and regret afterwards. Do you know, they're, they're great fun. I've been on a couple. But I did leave my wallet at home and I went there knowing that actually I was going to be sold to at least once every 90 minutes. Happy with that if I knew that's what I'm going to do. So I'm really talking about those courses where there is no upsell. It's just what you paid for. And they divide very much into two at the moment because of COVID, which is the online space and the real room space. And we're just starting to get back into the room, aren't we? Now, The room has a whole set of its own room uh, rules and regulations. But for those of us who have been to training on on Zoom, then does it have a playback? Because that can be quite useful. Not because you should ever think, oh, I'll buy that course because it's got a playback. I can't listen to, I can't attend it, of course, on the day, but I'll play it back. 
that's such an unwise idea because, you know, life takes over and you never quite get to find time to listen to it. And anyway, it's never quite the same. No, use the playback to listen to those little points that you needed clarity on or even sometimes to hear the other speaker because sometimes on these Zoom calls they have two speakers talking simultaneously and you have to decide which one you want to listen to. And annoyingly, they're always both worth listening to. So that's something you've got to decide. And then is it at a price point that you can afford? So there is nothing wrong in an expensive course if you can gain the skills and insights that are going to dramatically change your business income. And most of us do have a budget for learning new skills. So that's fine. But I don't believe in taking out credit to do a skill that you may not need or a course you may not need. You may find that actually it's not for you. You can't implement whatever it is that they're teaching for a quite a large variety of reasons. Sometimes, for instance, it's not even apparent when you join up to something that you just haven't got the systems and the size of business to actually be able to implement this. So I remember listening to something and thinking, yeah, that's that's good. I like that. And then they said, we have 80 members of staff. And I went, whoa, whoa, it's just me and a few outsourcers. I can't do that. Luckily, it wasn't something I really wanted to implement full time. So I was happy. But you can see where I'm going with this. We don't always know the full facts. And the price point, it'll have an effect on the other people who attend. So you're looking perhaps for someone like you, some people who are ahead of you. So don't go dirt cheap if that's not where you think you're going to find fellow people. And nor do you want to be, you know, going and joining Necker Island crew if you haven't got into seven figures yet. You've got to pace yourself and work out where you are on this. Now, I'm not talking about masterminds, having spoken about NECA, because they really are quite something and different. And, and you know, yes, people do always talk about how they invested quite a large sum of money, but they were able to get it back. And that's because they're already achieving very good things. And this is just going to uplift them perhaps another naught in their business. Well, for most of us, that isn't where we start with. We start with nuts and bolts and getting all the skills together that we need to make the, our businesses work. So the course, what do we want to get out of it? Are you looking for content that is specific, repeatable actions? Those little nuggets you can pop in or the non-specific, you know, the overview on everything you could possibly need to know in tiny bite-sized portions. I don't think that's a bad thing. A friend and I went to see someone talk about their business book and we went purely because we thought, I wonder what this person is really like, because we'd really, really, really enjoyed their book. Oh my word, we had no expectations, but we were blown away with the day. We came away with mountains of scribbles and straight away were able to put things into place. How many people are going to be on the course? It might be one of those enormous ones, you know, where you're one of thousands. I don't feel happy in that. I I feel lost. I like small things. I want to be able to ask questions because that's how I learn. So I will always look for a small course. And don't ever buy because of the bonuses. They're nice to have. They're enticing you in with a bonus. But actually, you want to buy the core activity that works for you. And so that's why I'm not really a fan of asking around about small courses because People may be looking for something slightly different. I'm looking for perhaps the delivery of the speaker because, do you know, there is no one person to deliver one type of course. You know, actually, when you get into it, there are lots of people delivering the same courses in a different way. And it's up to you to find what fits properly for you. 
So I tend to research the speakers. I find they may not be the biggest and the most glamorous. They're probably not very well known, but they're doing what I want to know about. And they're at that level that means their pearls of wisdom can be transplanted in my business because I'm afraid I'm very shallow. That is exactly what I'm interested in. I don't reinvent the wheel. I want to hear something that I can use. I want to know the speakers achieve what I want to achieve. And I, I want to make sure that I'm probably in the third group in of sort of strength in that room. I don't want to be the top dogs because, frankly, I won't learn anything. I want to be sort of at the bottom of the second group. You know, I've got a good grounding, but I'm just there to hone my skills. So I have one word of warning about just going to catch the mood. I know that I've met several people quite recently who have been back into rooms where they've been to courses and they've come out going, oh, that was absolutely amazing. I mean, the oh, you know, you could have cut the atmosphere with a knife. It was so exciting. Yeah, that's great. But what else are you leaving with? Because you can't just put sort of feeling and uplift into your business. You know, you want lots of bump. You want lots of examples. You want to be able to put things into practice. And the thump value, which is the bump, I'm a huge fan of that. I don't get why speakers assume that I can listen, scribble and interact all at the same time. Three things. Oh, that's a bit difficult for me. So I like to have really good notes. I don't mind if it's the slides because they'll jog my memory as long as I've got plenty of space to scribble notes. So I'm not a keen fan on being given lots and lots of pictures on one piece of paper where there is no white space for me to make little notes because I'm going to fill it full of notes. That's what I'm there for. And of course, I need a blank space to scribble questions that occur to me as it goes on because most speakers, when they're creating and, and giving you a course, don't want to be interrupted. They don't mind the odd one, but they don't want constant sort of in-depth questions. So I put them down. Now, I've always, always go to a course with a group of questions because that's why I'm going on the course. I've, I've, I've got problems or I've got a gap in my knowledge. So I've got a collection of questions already and I tick them off as they pop up during the week or weekend or whatever it is. I tick them off and then I might scroll myself another second note, you know, and don't forget, don't be frightened about asking questions because you've paid for this course. And, you know, as someone who delivers courses, you want people to ask questions because that shows they're listening. And actually, it makes the whole thing more interesting and allows you to further explain tricky points that other people may not have owned up to. And there is no such thing as a silly question in that somebody else in that room will be going, oh, thank goodness they've asked that question. I was beginning to think I was going to have to do it. So rule one about asking questions and this is a really important one because it happens all the time and people feel they have to do it. Don't start your question with one of those gushing, cringeworthy ramble about how wonderful the speaker is. We know they're wonderful. They're at the front of the room and they can see time ticking by. So they don't want everyone to stand up and, and re-say the same thing. They want that question. So the second point is get to the point. If you give a really good, short question, none of these questions with point A, B, C and D, but a short, sharp question, you're going to get a fabulous answer, one that is really going to help you. And three, make sure the question is relevant to the course you're attending. And now that sounds strange, but many people who give courses have written books, they've got other courses, they perhaps do interactive stuff on, at networking. Now, that's fine. 
don't ask them questions about all of that stuff at a course. The only thing in your mind at that course should be the content you are being given at that course, because that's where you're going to get the most out of it. And make sure it's a question round about how you can implement it in your business or how um, it will best work for your part of your niche. Not a moment to start saying that you think this is utter rubbish and this is all emperor's new clothes. You can quietly leave the room. You don't have to sort of flag all this up. And it's not the point to say, well, I haven't understood a word because you should have really been working that out as you go along. And sometimes it's just because you didn't listen or perhaps you had a closed mind. You know, no, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. Whereas in fact, just relax into the subject and let it what if possibilities come up to you? And I think the biggest, biggest question and reason how to do it or not to do it is don't ask the presenter as to why they haven't done it the way you would, because that's not very interesting to anyone else and makes everyone wince. Because after all, that person is at the front of the stage. They've done it. And that's why that you're there. Because if your way was so great, you'd be at the front of the stage. If your way was so great, you wouldn't have to be on the course. You might be verging on becoming the course git, and that's not a good thing to be, is it? So if you are being told you should do something, it's up to you to work out if you're not going to do it because you haven't thought about it. So how are you going to implement it? It's not about not doing it because you haven't got the tech. So if you haven't got the tech, go and get it. If you can't be bothered, well, please hold your peace. It doesn't matter. It may not be for you, but it will be for somebody else. But what I would say is no matter what course, for goodness sake, do the work because you've paid for this or you've given up your time. And I run strategy workshops. And before, these are sometimes for groups, sometimes for individuals. And I send out pre-day workbooks quite large. Um, And the requirement is for the attendees to think through the pages. And it's very easy and very simple to fill in and then just scan them in and return. For those that do, wow, we hit the ground running. You know, I've understood their business. I'm on the same space as them. And we are going to have a really full, fun-packed day because we can focus on the points that need attention and the questions will flow. And the whole thing becomes at a much higher level. But I'm always amazed that some people don't bother to send anything back at all. And interestingly, they may not have even filled in the key bits in their books at home. And somehow they think they're going to get the same results as those who've done the work before. So, you know, attending the course, be in the room or or on the screen, whatever, to be there and be in full. So don't think if you're on Zoom, for instance, that you can quickly go and have a quick session on your emails and get your box down to naught. If you're in the room, then talk to the others, network, listen and concentrate. And if you're online as well, make sure you haven't switched off your camera because you may not have bothered, if you're like that, to read the small print. And since Zoom has become more used in the teaching space, there are actually house rules that say things like, if you turn off your camera, we will bump you off. Now, that would be jolly annoying if that's not actually what you meant and you had to wait half an hour to get back on or even wait till the end of the session just because you turned off your camera. And then at the end of the day, go and have a quick moment to yourself where you go through what you've learned. 
and highlight the key points you are going to implement. They won't be the same as everybody else. Don't worry about that. But you've got to make sure you've highlighted those as opposed to the points that you found really, really interesting, but they're actually irrelevant to your line of work. Um, That can be very annoying having to not do that, but that's what you've got to do. And then you've got to prioritise how you're going to implement it because you can't do it all once. There's only a few of us. When we're property solopreneurs, we just don't have all the time in the world. We can't just fling this lot onto someone's desk, as you can if you've got an empire, and say, make it happen. You're going to make it happen. So you've got to decide what order you're going to do it in. And then if you really, really resonated with you. Make a point of going back and checking in one quarter, half a year, a year's time that you have actually done what you wanted to with all that information. So I think you don't get prizes for attending the famous huge stuff. You really get prizes, by that I mean you get results, for attending anything that gives you knowledge in a method that suits you at a time that suits you. But most of all, you get a prize, which is more income, more clients, more projects for implementing that learning. You get the prize for picking out those key people to interact with that you met on the course. That will make a huge difference to you. So choose well, attend completely in the moment, listen, action the learning. And if you've done the right course, you'll be a wildly successful property solopreneur. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.